The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, TicketSmarter.com, Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado, our real estate agent in the state of Florida. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, welcome in, Buck fans, back to a losing edition, unfortunately, but still a first-place edition of the No Quarter Given podcast with our Tampa Bay Buccaneers falling to 3-2 and two on the year, coming out of the bye week, falling to the Detroit Lions 20-6, to six, Raymond James Stadium. I'm your host, Jason Powers, here in Tampa, along with my man, Peter Blake. Welcome in, Mr. Blake. What's going on, buddy? Uh, lots of plates uh, eating that day. Uh, lots of cream sickle, giving out beads, giving out this, giving out that. Hats, old John McKay hats. Nobody gave uh, out the offense or the defense that day at all. Pretty, uh, pretty bad against the Lions. Yeah. So you were in the building. Uh, what was the uh, what was the buf- what was in the buffet? What was in the buffet line this week? Well, you had prime rib with uh, mashed potatoes, a couple plates of that, salad, of course, to always start off the day. Everybody laughs at me because they say, oh, you don't eat vegetables. Not true. I do eat salad because you got the cheese, you got the bacon, and, of course, you got the blue cheese, which to me is a salad enough. I don't need any tomatoes or any of that nonsense. Uh, And, of course, you add the croutons, and then you get the prime rib. And then at halftime, the the bananas foster they had no bananas so next time i thought and and there's gonna be a next time this uh, sunday coming up versus the falcons where they serve that ice cream the vanilla ice cream i'm just gonna go over there and swipe a brownie and and make uh something of that there you go that a boy that a boy all right give the fans a little little uh a little people that weren't in the building obviously if you're on social media you saw all kind of uh the orange creamsicle jersey, not jerseys, but the, you saw the jerseys, but the orange shirts by all the fans and all the all the the old timers, the alumni, and all the you know TJ Reeves, our buddy, was all wearing decked out. Give the give the sense of were they giving out free stuff at the game? Was there any freebies at the game? And give give us a sense of the environment. Yeah, when I went to go get my credentials, they were giving out uh, creamsicle ice cream, which was great. So I had to stop and get that. <laughs> I got there early this time, about three and a half hours early, so I was good to go. Uh, of course, my car broke down, so I got a ride there. Uh, I get out there. They're giving out creamsicle. Uh, the, the elevator actually broke down for a little bit. was trying to get on the field. Security guy wouldn't let me on the field, so I had to wait for the elevator to get fixed. Thank God it only took about 10 minutes, but that was a problem all day long for media members. They were trying to you know, get in and out, and they couldn't get in and out because the elevator was messed up. But finally get into the building. Like I said, they were giving out beads. They were giving out the orange creamsicle floppy hat, John McKay style. Uh, and they gave out a little pen, little uh, Bucko Bruce pen that I wore uh, on the picture there to promote the show, of course, the sports web in collaboration with the J.P. Peterson Show for your post-game edition, winning or losing, losing, of course, in this case. There you go. So the Bucks fall to three and two, 20 to six final Raymond James Stadium. 
you know, uh, again, one more thing. We'll get to the game here. Give the give the audience a little sense of the crowd. Seemed like from watching TV, a lot of Detroit Lion fans were in the building. Probably looked like fifteen to twenty thousand Detroit Lion fans in the building. Or more. Uh, it looked like a Gator game. Uh, lots of blue and lots of orange. Not necessarily <laughs> in a good way. And it certainly seemed like a lot of Lions fans, especially in that lower bowl. And that was to be expected, although it was kind of disappointing because you see a lot of fans out there, creamsicle, looking forward to this, haven't done it in a long time, and finally get a chance to do it, and it's overrun by Lions fans. So, and, and I get, again, you know, Bucks fans need to, you know, make that call, sell it off for more value than it's worth, double the value. So that's what happened. Hopefully it doesn't happen versus the Falcons on Sunday, but that's what it felt like it was – Kind of overrun by Lions fans. And the Lions are getting a reputation for being a traveling team. If you remember opening night in Kansas City, there was a ton of Lion fans there. You know, there's been Lion fans in Green Bay. I mean, the different road, couple road games they've had this year. So this give the Lion fan base credit. They're traveling. They're willing to spend their money to get in the, in the building on the road. And and uh, they've got a good team. And they've, they, they're they showing why they're going to be a threat in the NFC. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, let's get to a little bit of the game here. Obviously, the game starts. Um, injury, the Bucks coming off the bye. You could tell early that it were a little sluggish. Um, the defense was good. I thought the defense was probably, and we'll give the, we'll give a grade here at the end, but I thought the defense played really well. I think the defense came out, uh, you know, set the tone. To me, one of the plays of the game was early when the Bucks had the ball on their own in what, the 11, 12 yard line. Pass, pass is deflected by Baker Mayfield, turns into interception. But people on TV, you know, you were in the building, you saw it. If the pass isn't deflected or if Baker puts a little more arc on the ball, it's a 90-yard touchdown to Evans. He's running untouched, uncovered, right down the seam. And that to me, that was one of the game-changing plays of the game early in the game. It was, absolutely, because he had a 90-yard touchdown to Evans if he doesn't hesitate, but he hesitates for some reason. Either it was a pump fake and the safety went for it, you got to put a little bit more air on the ball, and instead it gets deflected, intercepted, and that's one of the the, the, the cases of the whole season or the whole game is these missed opportunities, and it started right there. And again, back to the missed opportunities. And again, the, the game was kind of a back and forth game, low you know defensive game. Um, Baker had opportunities. Baker missed it three to four deep balls that he had Trey Palmer on a couple, and not that you're going to hit them all in the NFL, you're not. But you can't go 0 for 4. You got to go one or two out of four there on the deep balls when they're open. And, and Palmer was open on two or three occasions by multiple steps. It wasn't tight throws. He was he had clear separation. And that's, you know, say what you want. That's good play calling. Give Dave Canales for drawing it up. But if you're the quarterback, you got to hit one or two of those deep throws. Agree. And it's wide open. You got to hit that play because it's a difference maker. And it's right before halftime. You have Palmer wide open. You got to hit him in stride there. You got a touchdown. You don't hit it. And then in the fourth quarter later on, you have him wide open again to get back in the game. You don't hit it. So that was the key. And that's the difference. And we could sit here and talk about how talented Philadelphia was and how talented the Lions are. But the difference is they make the plays at the critical times that the Bucs haven't been able to make this year. All right, so it's it's three three. Then he had the kind of the I won't say it's a fluke touchdown. It was a, it was a legit touchdown. But third and long, he throws a little underneath route to St. Brown, who's going to get tackled short of the first down to kick a field goal. But again, give uh, give the Lions that Craig Reynolds credit. He he made a great block down the field pursuit, kept the kept the play going, made a great block on Carlton Davis. Amon um, turns the corner, goes up the sidelines, and scores on a play that 
should have been at worst a field goal after that. I mean, he should have stopped him short of the first down. It was, I think it was third and 14, third and 15 kind of play. You know, to me, that was a, that was a, a troubling play there. And again, the defense played pretty good for the most part. I'm not going to kill the defense. They, that was probably the worst play of the day was that one. Um, you know, you're down 10, three, um, give them credit, hustle plays. That kid, that kid, Craig Reynolds comes in for an injured Montgomery who goes down with a rib injury, does a nice job keeping him in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Makes a block on Carlton Davis there. And then uh, Brown gets in and you're exactly right. It was kind of the theme of the day, Jason Powers, nine for 15 for the Lions on third down. The Bucks defense could not get off the field, whether they were on the field too long, which most likely they were because the offense couldn't sustain any drives. But if you, again, want to be a top-notch defense in the National Football League, you have to get off the field on third down, especially when it's third and 12, third and 11, third and 15. The Bucs could not do that on Sunday. And back to your point about plays, the Bucs only ran 54 plays on offense, had the ball 23 and a half minutes, and it, and it goes back to third down conversions. The Bucs are 2 of 12 on third down, and that's been a stalwart for the first four or five games where they were pretty good on third down. They were not good at all on third down uh, in this game. Uh, again, part of it was Mayfield. Part of it was drops. Mike Evans with a critical third down drop on a play wide open early in the mid-first quarter, I think, that would have kept a drive going. But again, you got to make plays on third down. You had a couple of the deep balls that we've talked about. And let's give and let's give on the other side of the ball, let's give Jared Goff some his due. This guy's turning into an upper level quarterback. 30 of 44 for 353 and two touchdowns. The guy's been playing great for a year and a half now. He is, and he's taking what the defense is giving him. He's also not turning over the ball. He's not trying to force anything. And the Bucs helped him out because the middle was wide open all day long. Whether the blitz wasn't getting there or you're going with the zone defense, it was right there in the middle. Jared Goff took it, and that's the reason why he's turned out to be a successful quarterback uh, the last couple of years. And then furthermore, the Lions, since week nine, are 13-3. and three. Right. Top records in the National Football League. So, again, give them their due. They get paid to. They're one of the NFL darlings right now. They did everything correctly on Sunday to win that game. And, of course, it comes down to quarterback play, and that's been the key for them. And, and, and back to the Bucks on offense. Offensive line has been doing terrific in pass blocking. They've been – I mean, Mayfield, I think, got sacked once, got pressured a couple of times, but it wasn't overwhelming pressure. He had time to throw the ball. They just can't get going in the running game. What do you see just from watching it from the press box or field level? What are you seeing in the running game? Is it is it just they're just getting beat physically, or do you think it's partially scheme? Do you think it's partially the running backs? What do you, what do you see in the running game that's causing all the struggles? I mean, to me, it's physical. It's <laughs> up in the interior line. That's not getting done. Hansy, of course, uh, the rookie there on the right side. Filer, they haven't been great. Pro Football Focus has showed those grades. They have not. Uh, done what they need to to do. And, of course, the Bucks in the offseason, they want to emphasize the run. They want to be a physically opposing team, but they're not that right now. And whether it's up front or it's the running backs that don't have the vision to cut back, it's just a combination of things right now. And you're trying to figure this out because when you're only averaging 2.4 yards, and a lot of people say, well, they only ran the ball 16 times. Yeah, they ran the ball 16 times because – they had no success. You don't want to get in those situations where it's 38, 39. And if you're running on first down and getting shut down, you're going to get into those third down situations. So that's exactly what you don't want your offense to do. And then furthermore, at a certain point when you're down 17 to 6 or something like that, yeah. you 
have to somewhat abandon the running game. So I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, but we continue to talk about this run game being one of the last in the National Football League, and why? What is it? Is it the offensive line? Is it the running back? Something needs to change, and it needs to change fast, whether it's Keyshawn Vaughn taking the carries from White, whether it's Sean Tucker, whether it's making you know changes to the offensive line. I don't know what it is. It's just a combination of everything at this point. Yeah, and, and from a pass protection perspective, they're doing a good job. Gedeke's doing well. Tristan Wirf is one of the probably the top graded offensive linemen, if not left tackle, if left tackle, if not all offensive linemen in the NFL grade from PFF. I mean, he's doing fantastic. And you just wonder on the interior again, Moth is a rookie. Haynes is a little undersized as a center. We, we, you know, is Filer as good as we, we thought, you know, Filer's been on a bunch of teams in his career, you know, and I know he was a cheap option. I mean, again, you can't spend a lot of, you're not going to spend a ton of money at that spot, but you need better production out of Matt Filer in the run game. I mean, Aaron Stinney at left guard, could he play there? Uh, what about Nick Leverett? Could he play at center? I mean, I'm not trying to blow the whole offensive line up. I'm just trying to say, you know, what's the difference from last year? We continue to talk about, you know, them not having success in the run game. Well, you change running backs from Leonard Fournette. So what else needs to change? Well, maybe it's the offensive line. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. There's a lot of people out there will criticize White that he's too patient. We heard from Todd Bowles just a couple of weeks ago how he's trying to make the big play instead of hit the hole fast. That's why you see more carries to Keyshawn Vaughn. Obviously, Tucker has lost some favor because he's not doing enough uh, in practice like Vaughn is. I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, Derrick Henry is out there for trade. Some other running backs, possibly a Rashard Penny. I mean, do you go there? I know you're not a Super Bowl team, but you could possibly win this division, and who knows? If you run the table, you get hot at the right time. Do you make a trade for a running back if these running backs are not working out? I'm not ready to give up on them, but you got to find a solution. We continue to hit this wall, and consequently, it's the running back either you know hitting a defender or hitting the offensive line in a wall, like a wall, and you're not getting any yards at the end of the day. Something has to change Jason Powers, and hopefully it starts against the Atlanta Falcons, who, by the way, are 11th against the rush giving up 99 yards a game. Yeah, and and I wonder if two things. I wonder if the philosophy maybe changes. Maybe we throw first to set up the run instead of vice versa, or a little more creativity in the play calling, a little more misdirection. Maybe the speed sweeps a little more. You know, we saw in the preseason a tight end kind of a tight end sweep. One couple of those a game, whether it's Tompkins or Kate Otten or Trey Palmer, you got to do something to get the misdirection stuff, which is then going to maybe open up the holes on the on the guard. You know, on, on the on the, uh, the 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 runs that you do up the more between the guards and the tackles. I don't know, but it just it just seems like it's a little it's a little too predictable on the. Too much for me. It's been too much running on first down. We need to throw the ball a little bit more on first down, in my view. Maybe get six or seven yards on first down, and that sets up your second and two, second and three runs. Because the Buccaneers, you know, how many first downs the Buccaneers had running the ball Sunday. You know how many runs turned into first downs? Zero. 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 You didn't have one run that turned that yielded a first down on Sunday, and you can't win like that in the National Football League unless you're a high flying offense. And the Bucks aren't there yet. But I think Dave Canales is starting to, you know, is learning. He's learning on the job. We, we don't we don't want to admit that, but he's learning on the job of how to be an offensive coordinator. And that's some of the growing pains that we're all suffering from. 
that's it. And, uh, you know, running in the interior, running on first down is uh, too reminiscent of last year, Byron Leftwich's offense. I thought we got away from that. So hopefully they come out and pass. Hopefully they establish the run. I I'm hoping they become balanced. But, again, it just depends on game plan. And let's not take it away from either Detroit. Detroit, the Lions, are one of the top yep. against the run in the league. So, And what bothered me about Sunday – is the Detroit was missing three guys in the secondary and we're just still trying to jam it down their throat with the running game. To me, that was the game you come out throwing, put a little pressure on them, get the lead. Then you run the ball because then you can, you know, when you got the lead, it's much easier to run the ball with the lead than when you're behind. Just like Philadelphia, the same type of game plan where the Eagles are missing guys in the secondary and yet you're not attacking them. And oh, by the way, Mike Evans wants a contract extension. I'm all in favor of it. But you've got to start playing yep. like a $20 million wide receiver. Enough with the drops. Enough with all this nonsense. He's got to step up. and it, it, It's got to be a Mike Evans day against the Falcons on Sunday. It's got to be. He's got to step up. He has to be involved in this offense. Make no mistake about it. I get it. He went out against the Saints. You had Chris Godwin step up. You have Trey Palmer and... Devin Tompkins, but you've got to get your all-pro wide receiver in Evans to do more in this offense. And if he doesn't, then basically uh, you've got your decision right there. And the market may speak for themselves. The, the market may not pay Evans what he wants. I get it. He's on track for a thousand, but you, he's got to step up. He's a team leader. He's got to step up in this offense. And, play and the in the drops he's made, the drops that he's had have been easy catches. Not like they've been contested catches. The ones that are he's wide open. I mean, it's not like it's you know balls that the guy's raking down on his arm. He's dropping just some basic, sim simple in route kind of throws that you have to make a hundred times out of a hundred when you're Mike Evans. You know who he reminds me of? Johnny Wilson from Florida State. <laughs> yes. I can make so many tremendous catches. He's six seven. He's got the body. Yeah. He's got the speed. He's got the separation. But what does he do? He does the same thing as Mike Evans. And look, if he replaces Mike Evans eventually, I'm cool with that. But he drops a lot of simple passes. And that comes down to consistency. And that's always been Evans. But the drops this year are up. Make no mistake about it. Anybody saying he's done this before? No, the stats show he has not. His drops are up this year, whether it's contract situation, whether it's not focus, that's your job. You got to catch the ball and you got to do it in those critical situations in order to help this offense move the sticks. And if you're not doing it, then you become what you were on Sunday, which is uh, an anemic uh, Leo word offense uh, that can't run the ball and only score six points. Right. No, you, you make it. You make a va very valid point. All right. Listen to No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason along with Peter Blake. We are part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. Remember, go to BuckPower.com for all your Buccaneers audio, statistical video history. Our guy Paul Stewart over in England uh, will be coming over here for the Tennessee game early November. So we'll be seeing Paul in person in a couple weeks here and uh, looking forward to that. So, again, appreciate Paul for having us. And, again, uh, we're going to go to – Paul's going to have his montage here of the Atlanta Falcon Buccaneer uh, rivalry, which is a very storied history of, with our NFL NFC South uh, rivalry over the last 20, 25 years or so. So let's no further ado. Let's go to Paul Stewart and his Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers historical montage. We'll be back in just a minute. This will be the 60th meeting of the Bucs and the Falcons, and Tampa Bay currently owns a one-game lead in the series. But did you know it was the Falcons the Bucs beat their first ever win? Well, 
technically it was, because it was the exhibition season in 1976, and the Bucks beat the Falcons 17-3 in front of 11,000 fans in a game played in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Of course, it would be 27 regular season games before the Bucks actually finally got a win. But it was also against the Falcons that the Bucks reached 500 for the first time. Week 4, 1978. It was a rainy night in Georgia, sorry, rainy night in Tampa, and the Bucks won 14-9 thanks to two big plays, one by Mike Washington and one by Jim Bradovich. John James, the punter, will hold. Fred Steinfort will attempt from the 21, a 31-yard try, and it's blocked by the Buccaneers. Loose ball picked up, and on the move, looks like Mike Washington, and Washington will score. Bradovich back in at tight end. Williams has a man open. Complete touchdown to Jim Obradovich. Well, someone missed the coverage on that because Obradovich ran right down in the end zone and no one even touched him. The run to the 1981 division title had some dramatic moments, none more so than when Scott Hutchinson deflected Mick Luckhurst's field goal attempt to preserve a one-point victory for the Buccaneers. There was no way I was going to miss a chance to wind up my old friend, the British kicker, in this feature. And he would spend most of the 1987 season open on the sideline as well, watching the Bucks rack up a then-franchise record, 48 points, with Steve DeBerg throwing five touchdown passes. I think we've got time to show at least two of them here. ...and get open, and let's see if they're going to go to their good wide receiver, Gerald Carter. DeBerg. And he connects with Phil Freeman. Second and three, ball on the three. Touchdown, Gerald Carter. One of the most memorable recent performances came in a 2021 home game when safety Mike Edwards had a pair of interception returns for touchdowns. Any serious Buccaneer fan can tell you that other two players who've done that, either in regular season or postseason, play for the Bucs. Blitz coming. Ryan sees it. First down, blitz coming, Ryan knocked way in there, and that's going to be intercepted, and that's going to be returned for a touchdown by Edwards again! Two interception touchdowns for Mike Edwards! But when it comes to memorable plays in Tampa Bay regular season history, there's only one that really counts. It was against Atlanta, December the 16th, 2007. I'll hand over to Matt Baskergian. Boxer Shatter returning the kick with Michael Spurlock. Spurlock past the 20, past the 30. Could it be? Could it be? The great curse has been lifted. There goes Michael Spurlock. And for the first time ever, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have returned to kickoff for a touchdown. Santa Maria. I've always loved how Fox Sports had that graphic ready to run. They must have had that prepared for years. And Matt's commentary is absolutely perfect. Now, last year, the series was split. The home game was a Buccaneer victory thanks to a very generous roughing the passer penalty when someone had the nerve to breathe on Tom Brady. Now, the Bucks this week were back in their pewter colours after the creamsicles from last weekend. And you'll be able to read all about it on buckpower.com. Every player, every game, 
everything but. And now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to purchase your first time home, relocate to the state of Florida, or just purchase that second home or investment property? Well, if so, Titan Home Lending can help you get financing for that new home purchase. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404, and I can help you get pre-approved in less than one day. A pre-approval is critical in order to make that offer on your home. You want to know how much of a home you can make an offer on, and getting a pre-approval will allow you to do that. From an FHA, VA, conventional loan, jumbo loan, bank statement loans, there are numerous loan options out there to help you get into your house of your dreams. You can also renovate. You can do a renovation loan, which will allow you to make home improvements and finance the costs into the loan. So reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida for your next home purchase, 205-790-1404. Well, the fall football season and fall sports calendar is finally here, and there's no better place to buy your tickets, whether it's for the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, or any sporting event in between in the, in the fall months of August through December, then TicketSmarter.com. TicketSmarter is your secondary marketplace to go for all of your sports ticket needs, whether it's the NHL coming up, Major League Baseball, college football, your favorite NFL team, whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com is the place to go. And for your first time purchase, you will get $10 off your first $100 order. All you have to do is use the code POWERS10. Again, go to TicketSmarter.com and use the code POWERS10 to enjoy $10 off your first order of $100 or more. That's TicketSmarter.com for all of your ticket needs this fall. All right, Buck fans, welcome back. Power, or not Powers on Sport. That's another podcast that I do. I got too many I got too many podcasts that I'm doing, Peter Blake. I'm not. Go quarter given podcast here along with Peter. Peter, give the audience a little, give, give, give them a quick place where they can find all your great work with you and JP and all the stuff you're doing with Sports Web. Well, we changed the schedule around. It's only Wednesday and Fridays with the JP Peterson show, which is okay because it helps my first job out because I have like 30 jobs at this, uh, at this point. And of course, the Sports Web on Monday and Wednesday nights. And join us live from Raymond James Stadium on Sunday on YouTube, on Facebook. Go friend me there, Peter H. Blake. For your post-game edition of the Sports Web in collaboration with the J.P. Peterson Show with sound effects, phone calls, text messages, everything that you want, interactive as a box fan. Yeah, and Powers on Sports podcast, a new episode out on uh, Thursday morning, Florida Football Insiders podcast. We talk all things state of Florida college football, USF, Florida, Florida State, Miami, Central Florida, everybody we talk about. Uh, the Seminoles are top five in the country, off to a great start. What are you smiling about over there? The Seminoles got a shot to go go the distance here. Oh, I agree. But when you said USF, uh, the last couple of losses have been like, ugh. yeah, it was, it was ugly. I was in the building Saturday for about the first half, and I had to leave at halftime. I couldn't, you know. Were you in the building? I saw Leo. I didn't see you in the building. Were you in the building Saturday? I was supposed to be in the building, but my car broke down on the way to my uncle's funeral. No lie. Yikes. Uh, yeah, and uh, so I couldn't go anywhere, so I had to watch that debacle. Um, and uh, I plan to be there. So maybe it was a good idea that I wasn't there. And of course, 
the spread is a little bit different from uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. No comparison. No comparison. Plenty of sandwiches there, my friend. Plenty of ham. Plenty of ham and cheese. <laughs> Hate to say it. Come on, USF. You got to you got to pick up your game a little bit on the on the food part. I'm not expecting I'm not expecting prime rib and mashed potatoes, but come on, a little better than the than the boxed ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah, come on. Sure <laughs> with the cookie and the and the apple that's right <laughs> as tom herman came to town and lit up uh usf for 56 spots so all right peter blake let's get to the atlanta falcons nfc south divisional rival the bucks get a break of all breaks last week they lose but everybody else in the division loses too all four teams go down last week so the bucks still up a half a game in the division um second division game of the year remember they went they we won at new orleans this is an Atlanta team that had a bad loss at home against Washington. Give Washington credit, played well. Desmond Ritter was terrible last week against uh, Washington. Three bad interceptions. The running game didn't get, get didn't get amped up. What do you see here? Just looking at this game from thirty thousand feet. What do you see here? A couple keys of the game for the Buccaneers. Wow, Desmond Ritter, terrible. Who told you that at the beginning of the season? I told you I didn't believe in this quarterback. He has no business being a starting quarterback, and I hope the Bucs get after him. Look for this matchup. That offensive line has given up 19 sacks this year. That should be a prime opportunity for Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, and company to get after Maybe a Yaya Diaby siding, maybe a JTS. Can he finish? They have the opportunity to do that. Of course, the weapons are there with Ritter. Whether you say he's a terrible quarterback or not, you have Drake London going for over 100 yards versus Washington. Of course, Florida fans would know about tight end Kyle Pitts. Yeah. He needs to be more involved. And, of course, the supposed generational talent who hasn't really been able uh, to get off to a, the strongest start in a B. John Robinson. Oh, if you're the Buccaneers, you got to put the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands. you got to shut down the run, make Desmond Ritter have to beat you from the pocket. I think he's shown that he's not great. So, I mean – Again, Pitts is getting more and more touches in that offense. They're isolating him more and more. So I'd expect a lot of Pitts and a lot of London. You got Carlton Davis. Go, you you got Drake London. Cover him. We'll handle Kyle Pitts with the rest. You got to take care of London. Let's go. That's why we're paying you fifteen million. Let's go. It's time to lock him up. Put the ball in 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 Ritter's hands. Get the lead, Buccaneers. Let's get the lead. This Atlanta defense is not great. They're decent. They're good. Not a great pass rush. This should be an opportunity for the Bucs to throw the ball with protection. Mayfield, you heard urgency in the locker room postgame with TJ. They're pissed off about the production on offense. It's time to, again, we don't have to throw the ball 50 times, but it's time to get this offense going and get, get out to a, a lead like you – Get out to a 17-3 lead, 14-0 lead. Put the pressure on Desmond Ritter. Yeah, put the pressure on Desmond Ritter, and you're exactly right about this Atlanta defense because they do have playmakers. Uh, Grady Jarrett, of course, uh, the ageless wonder, and uh, Calais Campbell. Yep. Uh, you know, they, they have – and they had five sacks uh, last week versus Washington. But once again, this offensive line, when it comes to pass protection, only giving up five sacks total all year long. Excellent. One, and Excellent. Football League, all those questions about Tristan Worst being on the left side. Best left tackle out there right now. And I'll tell you right now, Luke Gedeke, impressive, playing his natural position at right tackle. Shut out Hutchinson uh, last week versus the Lions. Let's see if he can do it uh, this week with that line. That's a good matchup. But I tell you right now, the secondary has got to step up. Not only Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, he earned that extension. He needs to step up his play. Antoine Winfield. Jr., and, of course, Ryan Neal. 
who looked, you know, old Marine Corps statement here, uh, nearly made it, was in boot camp, lost in the sauce. Jason Powers, my uh, tag team partner of the world, that's what he looked like, whether Todd Bowles said it was all his fault, turning around, trying to play Jamison Williams, being out of position, taking bad angles. He was pro football focus's number one safety last year out of Seattle. They got him in that free agency yep. period. He needs to step up and play. If not, D Delaney uh, online. No, D Delaney ain't ain't taking his job. Please, please. I'm saying I'm I, I'm looking for changes at this point. Uh, this this secondary is overpaid. The they got to play better than what they've been doing. Uh, I would give the, the the to me the defense was a solid B last week. They were not a a quality, but they weren't a C. I mean, when you if you hold Detroit to twenty points, you should win. You should be right in the game. The Bucks did not play a bad game on defense. A couple of plays, third down conversions. I'll give you that. But the Bucks defense played well enough to win the game last week. My problem is you're not able to get off the field on third down. Nine for fifteen. Couple now. bad again. Couple bad third down conversions. I'll give you that. The couple third and longs that you can't let them convert. I'll give you that. Fair enough. There you go. The offense is where the the offense is where the Baker Mayfield. You want a new contract with the Buccaneers? It's time to play a little bit better. We know you're doing you're doing okay. You're doing you're you're. I would say a a, a, a B to B minus. We need you to be B plus. You can't be missing four deep balls. You can't miss four of those. No, no. you you can't be turning over the ball on your own uh, side. Uh, you also got to be more accurate. You just got yeah. to got to and, and he even said it at the end of the game. The offense stunk. We need to get pissed off as an offense. Where is it at? Where is the anger at in this team? Where is the urgency in this offense? Where is the urgency in this defense? They talked about wanting to cause turnovers. You need to do that on Sunday. And I think you got a great opportunity to do that against a quarterback who has no business starting in the National Football League in Desmond Ritter. And I'll continue to say that. And t- I want to see 15 to 18 targets to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Let's stop throwing the ball to Tompkins. Let's stop trying to force the third down to Devin Tompkins on a, on a pivot route, which was terrible. I like how they're using Trey Palmer because he got open. Say what you want. He was open two or three times on the deep ball. And he's your deep threat. He's the guy that can blow the top off the defense. No no offense to Devin Tompkins, but he ain't that, that ain't his deal. Be a great punt returner, be a fourth receiver. Trey Palmer needs to be your number three, and you need to be taking shots down the field with Trey Palmer. And he was open, but you got to hit him, Baker Mayfield. You got to hit those shots. And then also, I don't understand the play call there. Third and one, you're going to Mike Evans. Mike Evans, of course, gets a pass interference call. You know, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, going back right. to the Marine Corps. You know, third and one, why are you going deep there? Again, that's Dave Canales. You know, learning curve. Yeah, that was a, that was an audible. I I saw the press conference today. That was a Baker Mayfield check. Okay, well, they, they need to check that uh, play out unless you get it, and unless Mike Evans can get the separation because it wasn't good. All right, Peter Blake. One o'clock game Sunday, Raymond James Stadium. Give me a prediction. Who you like? They get pissed off. Twenty-four to thirteen, Tampa Bay over the Falcons. Let's go. I'm, I'm a similar thing. I think if you can keep Atlanta under 17 points, you're going to win the game. I think 20, I could see a 24 to 20. I'm going to say 27, 27, 14 bucks. Comfortable win, a garbage touchdown late by Atlanta. Let's see. De- let's see the defense again. The pre- it'll be interesting to see what kind of blitz packages Bowles puts together and don't let B. John Robinson ruin the game, but you got to stop that run first and let's put the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands. 
I don't think he can beat the Bucs if he's got to throw the ball 35 times, but we'll see. But 27-13, I think you're going to see Evans score. I think you're going to see the running game get it going a little bit. Not going to be fantastic, and they don't have to be fantastic. Let's get three and a half yards a carry, four yards a carry. Again, a little more variety on first down, a little more throwing the ball on first down. And, again, if I see another O'Keefe sighting on the goal line when we're on our own one-yard line, if I see O'Keefe in the formation again on the one-yard line, I might vomit all over your plate over there in the press box. Please, please, yeah. Dan, stop the stop the the Keefe on your own one yard line in the in in the, in the play call, please. Well, if you're gonna do that, just bring in Vita Vea. Yeah. yeah. Well, why not? I mean, bring him in. He's got experience to do it. I think we'll yeah. give him more than Keefe. Nothing against Keefe, but man, you got to find somebody that can hit somebody in the mouth and also somebody throw the ball out of the end zone when you're on your one. Don't yeah. just ram it in the middle of the line. Throw the ball on first down from the old one or two yard line. It's five or six yard out, a screen, a something. Get the ball on the perimeter. That's it. Go with the perimeter because that's where your strength is at this point, right? I mean, yes. we talked about Tristan Wirtz, Luke Gedeke. You feel good about your outside instead of your interior. I agree. I, I agree. So both of us got the Bucks win. This is a pivotal game here. You get to four and two. We're, we're, we're recording this on Thursday night. The Saints are losing on Thursday night football. You, Saints lose. You beat the Bucks. Carolina's out of this race. They're they're done. It's a it's a three horse race in the South now. And if you can get it, be up two games with already beating both of those teams in division, you're in a great spot. This is a big big football game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Agree. All right, Buck fans, see it, Raymond James. Don't sell your tickets to the Falcons. By the way, there won't be Falcon a bunch of there won't be a bunch of Falcon fans coming this way anyway. Um, but Raymond James, one o'clock. We got to fill it up. We got to make it loud. Again, we need your help. They need your help. Everybody needs your help at Raymond James Stadium. Peter Blake needs to uh, need your help up in the press box to throw the to throw plate number three in the trash can. Give a shout out to TJ Reeves and Dave Moore on the Buccaneer Radio Network for me. Remember, 98 Rock, if you're in the in the Tampa Bay area, you can go to the Buccaneers app to see hear the broadcast. If you're not in the Tampa Bay area, obviously, if you have SiriusXM, you can find the game, the Bucks broadcast on SiriusXM as well. So, Bucks, let's get to 4-2, two, two-game lead in the division. We got – who do we got? Oh, we go to Buffalo. Remember, next week's a Thursday night game, so we got a short week for the Buccaneers. Buck fans, we will have this podcast out for you Early next week, earlier than this next week. So we will probably record this on Monday, maybe even Sunday night. We will have this podcast out for you early next week as we hit, head, head into Thursday night football, Orchard Park, New York. Yes, sir. Have you ever been? Have you ever? What, what's the last road game you've been? When, what's the last road game you've been to with the Buccaneers? I've never been to a road game before. What? No, never been to a road game. My God, Peter Blake. Yes, I know. I need to get out more. I know. I was, in, I was in Mercedes-Benz a couple years ago when the with Gronk when when Brady hit Gronkowski with two touchdowns in Mercedes-Benz. I was there. I was in the building. Nice. That was I used to go to the Atlanta games a lot when I lived in Birmingham. So that was that would be my annual trek road trip when we go to Atlanta when I was in Birmingham. It was only a couple hours away, but I was in Bur- I was in Atlanta a couple years ago uh that weekend and we went to the we went to the uh me and the lovely one of your ladies from, from Ladies of the Night. We went out to the game uh, in, in Mercedes-Benz. One of your ladies of the night, not my lady. There you go, baby. All right, Peter Blake, have a great week. Keep up the great work. Buckpower.com is the place to go. Appreciate you finding. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button, do so now. 
Hit it on your podcast platform. Tell your Buccaneer friends about us. uh, JPO Sports on X and Twitter. When you see the podcast, retweet it out to your friends. Go to Peter Blake on his Facebook page. Friend him. Sports Web postgame show live from Raymond James Stadium. He will take your phone calls. He will take your analysis. He will take comments online. Whatever you got for Peter Blake, he will take it postgame. So call in. I promise, Peter. I'll do my best to call in this this postgame. All right, buddy. Have a great week, Buck fans. We'll see you next time at 4-2 as we get ready to head to Buffalo, New York for Thursday night football. See you next week, Buck fans. Let's go! Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another no-quarter-given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical Buck coverage, you go to BuckPower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com podcast network.